Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Peter Burns, Field Yates, rolling with you here on, uh, what, two days prior to the start of the new year, and it can't come quick enough. This show presented by Progressive Insurance, and all guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Field, you didn't believe me. As we just spent two hours hosting Levitard's show, I said, all right, Greeny's coming up. I'm going to go do a whole costume change. You didn't think I'd actually change for for this show, did you? Not only did you change... You threw a mock turtleneck on, which that's a power move right there. My wife and I were actually having a conversation recently about whether I could ever pull off a turtleneck. We both agreed very quickly. The answer is no. It's just not going to happen. No, I think you can. You absolutely. There's certain people can do it. I did it just because it's cold here at the house here in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I'm doing it from. Field, you definitely have that. Yeah, (laughs) it is. Uh, From the south, that's how it is. (laughs) Um, I think you could absolutely uh, rock the uh, mock turtleneck. Give it a try. I think Greeny can do it as well, too. All right, it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. This is a huge week in the NFL. Week 17, seven of the 14 playoff spots still up for grabs in the final Sunday of the regular season. And Field, um, I start with this. This Browns-Steelers matchup is nothing short of fantastic. And you and I have discussed about who's got the most pressure um, uh, between both of these teams. Steelers reeling right now, but now that they're going to give Big, Big Roethlisberger the week off, Mason Rudolph is going to start. How does this change the dynamic between the Browns and the Steelers and what's at play for the playoffs? Well, what it tells me is that if the Browns don't win this game on Sunday, they don't even belong in the playoff period, right? Like there are teams, the Colts, for example, who could go 11 and 5 and miss the playoffs. 11 wins. You deserve to be in the playoffs. You just mm-hmm. do. It's my belief in the NFL. If you win 11 of 16 games, you have a very legitimate case. I understand this is not like the college football playoff where it's resume-based. It is results-based. But you deserve to be in the playoffs if you can win 11 games in the course of a season. Um, if the Browns can't take down a Mason Rudolph-led Pittsburgh Steelers team, then, yeah, they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. As great as their season has been. Again, a reminder, this is the Browns, who have spent 20 years looking for an identity, looking for a quarterback, looking for some respectability. To win 10 games is a rock-solid season for the Cleveland Browns. But it's going to be less... Easy, is that right? Less simple for them because of the fact that while the Steelers were starting Mason Rudolph and Mike Tomlin, the Steelers head coach, said that they might have one or two other starters who don't play on Sunday. He is not Mm. revealing who those players may be. The Browns are dealing with some stuff right now. Uh, As we know, they spent last week without four wide receivers because of COVID-19 protocols. We expect all of those wide receivers to be available this upcoming week. But they've had other players added to the COVID-19 list Recently, and as of like an as hour of earlier ago, today, yeah, right, yep. they had a coach and also a practice squad player placed on the COVID nineteen list. So the Browns are in the midst of an unusual circumstance. Although I guess I should say that I guess every team is in the midst of an unusual circumstance because basically every team has been impacted by the COVID nineteen protocols. Uh, but it, it won't be as easy. But if you're the Browns, no two ways about it. You got to win on Sunday. You have to win on Sunday. And it might be a way for Roethlisberger to get right. Correct. I mean, you know, I mean, because now you start thinking about seeding. And of course, for Kansas City, they're sitting in a a good spot. But for the Steelers, I'm curious about how much that home field advantage throughout this this playoffs this year of all years matters, right? I mean, you go back up and, and you go and face the 12th man in Seattle. That's a difference maker, right? Even Kansas City and Arrowhead, when the when the Chiefs are rolling. I've been in that stadium when I followed Peyton Manning and the Broncos, and it was it was, it was was the closest to I've seen a, 
unbelievable college football atmosphere as I had seen on the NFL level. But with that said, it feels a whole heck of a lot different this year, Field. And I wonder how much of NFL teams are looking at that going, I'd rather get the rest now as opposed to making sure I battle for home field advantage, which may or may not mean that much this year of all years. There is no doubt in my mind that the Steelers are resting Ben Roethlisberger in part because of home field advantages, mid, uh, the, the mitigated impact of home field advantage, and also because of the year that the entire world has gone through, right? Um, in previous years, literally every year prior to this one, if you had a bye week, players were like, I'm out. Like they usually got Done. three to four uh, days off. And I'm talking about a regular season bye week, by the way. During that time, you get a chance to go recharge batteries. You get on a plane, you're somewhere in a few hours. Wasn't that Tony Romo going to Cabo right. one of these uh, years way back in the day? Have, I think that was him and Witten going during a uh, – that was, I think, what during like a playoff bye week. I could be wrong there. I'd have to go back and look at the fine the fine print of it. But, yes, they were both uh, under the microscope for a trip to Cabo, which, by the way, is like a what like a two-hour flight, if that, from Dallas. Like It's really, really simple. Um, but I digress. This year, players, every single day, even during their bye weeks – even on off days, are getting tested for COVID-19. Like There is not nearly as much rest this season for these NFL players. And before you tell me these are like handsomely paid millionaires, I get that. I'm not, I'm not telling you that. I'm also telling you that when you do something for five, six months straight, no matter what the compensation is, it can be yeah. taxing and wearing on you. So I think this is the Steelers, A, recognizing that even if they have to go to Buffalo in the second round of the playoffs and go play in front of a fanless stadium in Western New York. Is it better than playing in Pittsburgh? No. But is it that much worse? Also, no. Either you're good enough to beat the Bills or you're not. Here's what Ryan Clark, former Pittsburgh Steeler himself, had to say, our NFL analyst with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on his thoughts about Big Ben sitting. I probably like the fact that Mason Rudolph could actually be the the quarterback that truly ends the Cleveland Browns opportunity to get in the playoffs. I think that's cool. Um, but on the other side of it, listen, th- th- this playoffs is different, right? The the first seed is the only seed. The number one seed is the only seed with a bye. You can't get that if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're, the home field advantage is not as huge this year as it is in other years. So you don't have to play your guys in hopes that the Buffalo Bills lose and you win and you can get that spot. But rest is at a premium. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, we've seen Ben look a little old. We've seen Ben look a little tired. I mean, and I'm not just talking about the way his body is built. I'm talking about just actually his arm, actually his play. And so to give Ben this opportunity to get a bye week when you haven't had one the entire season because of some COVID issues on other teams, you know, you think that's the smart thing to do. Coach Tomlin is prioritizing the things he needs to prioritize. And I think at the top of that list is rest for some of his main players, and Ben Roethlisberger obviously being number one on the list for Coach Tomlin. All right, so it's not only physical, you know, as far as rest, right? It's the mental rest. I mean, we've talked to everybody field who's had to deal with this bubble, whether it's covering games or playing in the games, and whether it's college football or NFL or WNBA or NBA, it's a matter of, hey, how can you get your mind right? And there's certain teams. I think that's why, like in the NBA right now, we're seeing blowouts beyond all blowouts, right? There's, I mean, we saw the Bucks defeat the Heat last night, 144 to 97. It wasn't even close. We're seeing a lot of these games where just guys don't seem to be involved, right? Mentally, they're there. And I think this of all years, you have to be mentally prepared more so than ever. With that being said, is it more wide open in your mind 
than last year or traditional NFL because of all the COVID-19 and because of the lack of home field advantage? You know, it's interesting because on principle, I'm inclined to say, yes, we're going to see more unique results in the playoffs, especially because you just brought up the NBA and it's like the Knicks are two and two after beating the Bucks by 20 points and the Cavs, you've got the Lakers at two and two, you've got all these sort of funky results, right? The Magic are the only 4-0 team in the NBA so far. I think though... We've seen during this NFL regular season, which I expect to carry over into the postseason, that like speaking generally, the best teams have won games. We've had a couple of Rams, Jets games and things like that, but like the Chiefs are fourteen and one, the mm. Bills are twelve and three, the Packers are twelve and three, the Saints are eleven and four. Like I think the cream is going to continue to rise, whatever the expression is. Cream rises to the top. To the top, sure. That's going to be the case in the NFL postseason. So if anything, I'll attribute some sort of unexpected result to the beauty of the NFL playoff any given Sunday or or Saturday, right? That's what makes the NFL so different and so unique compared to the other three major sports where you know it's, it's unlikely that a LeBron James-led Lakers team, even if they fall behind one nothing to the Blazers and Damian Lillard, is going to fall in that series. More likely they're going to sweep the next four games and advance. Well, and we're talking about college football playoff, which is going to kick off on Friday here on ESPN in the semifinals. We're looking at it going, hey, listen, there's really only one game that is is of interest, at least to the odds makers, right? We feel like that's uh, Ohio State and Clemson. And by all accounts, I I still think Ohio State is not fraudulent by any means. I don't believe that they should have been involved in the college football playoff with only six wins. However, that you feel like Clemson's a better team and Alabama's a better team. Like it doesn't feel like any point – we can say the number four seed in the NFL – They've got a chance to win it all. I mean, we go back to the days of, of the Ravens uh, in the, what, 2012 when they won it as a wild card. Like, we've seen that happen before. You probably don't see that in college football. But I think there is something to be said about momentum going into these games. The Steelers don't have it. A team that does have it, or two teams rather, is this matchup between Packers and Bears, which I'm very intrigued with right now. It's not just the MVP race after Jordan Love gets drafted for the Packers, but it's what Mitch Trubisky has done, and now this offense is clicking. There's already that rivalry between these two, and what you like out of this Bears-Packers matchup field that gets you going. Well, what I like about it is the fact that they've played 205 times previously, <laughs> right? Like, I don't care if uh, the va- – like, you know, obviously not every matchup had the same consequence. But still, like, you play someone 205 times, it's exciting. Uh, I, I believe in rivalries. They're fun. They're good for sports. The Bears and Packers. I want to say the results is something like they're within, uh, like, four games of each other. Like, it's been a very competitive series over the lifetime of it. Also, the but- opposite, of, opposite of Steelers-Browns, basically. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it also is, like – there's something at stake for both of them. Uh, the Packers need to win <clears throat> to guarantee that first seed. And whereas I don't know that the Steelers are particularly concerned about hosting the Bills one hour away, from, I think the flight time from Pittsburgh to Buffalo is like 37 minutes. Like that's not much of a trip. The difference for the Saints hosting the number one seed or having the number one seed in the NFC and the Bills is so dramatic, right? I'm sorry, the uh, the Packers. It's so dramatic. Lambeau Field, we saw it last Sunday night, like it's most likely going to be bitterly cold, but it definitely will be, or there's a chance for, for snow, right? Like that changes everything. It really does. So um, I think that this game, which obviously has a lot of stake for the Bears as well, with they win and next thing you know, they're into the playoffs. That's what makes this exciting because there are only a couple of games where 
uh, both teams involved have obvious benefits with the win. Arizona and Los Angeles be another Correct. one where either team wins, they're guaranteed a playoff spot. Meanwhile, the Rams can lose and have the Bears lose and still make the playoffs. What are the other intriguing games? Field Yates, Peter Burns here on Greeny here on ESPN Radio, and all guests appear via the show, or rather the Goodyear Hotline. And when we're talking about this, I'm really intrigued on Week 17 about what's going on with the Miami Dolphins. It's been a great story. I mean, you go back and look at last year, trying to figure out, remember, I mean, Phil, we were talking about tank for Tua. Remember? I mean, this was, hey, you're going to tank. You end up ultimately getting the guy that you wanted, but you did show some glimpses of brilliance. And I, I'm a firm believer that had there truly been a tank situation with Miami, Brian Flores and this Dolphins organization would not have the success that they have had this season. There's no doubt in my mind. The fact that you had and you developed this leadership and now you developed, hey, we had players that wanted to play. We could build on these things. And remember, everybody made fun of them last year for winning a couple of games, but it built into something special. And now they're on the cusp right now of becoming what? A 10 win? A, a, a 11 college, win. A, a 11 win NFL team? That's because they did not tank. So for everyone, I know Jets fans are, are, are disappointed that you're not going to get Trevor Lawrence. But doesn't the Dolphins' story at least tell you a little bit about tanking in the NFL and how it can change the mentality Yes, as far as if you get the right head coach in there? It definitely does, and everybody who's going to respond and say the circumstances are different, it was year one for Brian Flores where it's likely the last year for Adam Gase, etc. I get that. I also believe that like winning breeds more winning, right? And you may not win 11 games, but you might win three or four down the stretch that could make a big difference. And think about this. So would you concede, Peter Burns, that the Jaguars this year stink? They stink, right? That's fair to say. Yes. They're 1-14. in They've lost 14 straight games, okay? They have a minus 172-point differential, okay? Last year, the Dolphins finished with five wins. Mm -hmm. At best, the Jaguars are going to finish with two. So a Dolphins team that had five wins had a minus 188 point differential, all right? <laughs> that tell and by the way, that tells you how bad they were to begin last season. So Brian Flores has dug his team out of doldrums that we have not seen in quite some time. And I'm just going to go back and show you how bad they were to begin 2019 because yep. it's and they they got much more competitive in the second half. But to begin last year, remember this was the start of the Lamar Jackson campaign when things sure. got going. 59 to 10, 43 to nothing, 31 to 6, 30 to 10, 17 16, 31 21, 27 14. This team was as bad as we have seen from an NFL team for half a season in a long, long time. Brian Flores now has them playing for the playoffs a year later. It has been a remarkable story for the NFL, a remarkable job by Brian Flores. And as you know, Peter, he's been playing musical chairs with this quarterback. There's an old expression in football that when you have two quarterbacks, you, you have, have none. none, right? Brian Flores is making it work with two quarterbacks. It is super unconventional. And I tend to believe that like it's probably going to have a shelf life of like half a season. Like This is not going to work going into 2021 if Ryan Fitzpatrick is back with the Dolphins. But for now, he is pressing all the right buttons, striking all the right chords, and he's got a very, very good case to be the NFL's coach of the year this year. There is... 
it's so intriguing to me because you have to have, in order to be able to pull this off, you have to have three distinct personalities. You have to have one, the guy who's going to call the shot. That's Brian Flores. To be confident enough that going, listen, I don't care if people are going to second guess me. This is who my guy. It's not a waffling, right? A lot of times we see coaches go, well, we're going to see who has the best week in practice. No, he came out even after pulling two over the second time this season. Brian Flores went in and said, this is my guy. Tua is starting. So you need to have that decisive decision maker. You have to have a gunslinger and a mentality of going, hey, just put me in, coach. Like, like he's almost out of central casting. That's what Fitzpatrick is. And I think the players respond to that attitude. But maybe most importantly, you have to have a kid like Tua who understands his role. And by the way, this is not complaining. This is not a Carson Wentz, hey, if I'm not going to be the starter, get me the hell out of here, right? I mean, this is you have to have the right chemistry on this team and damn if I don't love what this Miami Dolphins team is doing I don't have an affinity for this program I didn't grow up a Dan Marino isotoner glove type guy and and think about oh Larry Zonka back in the day like I don't and yet I sit here as a college football fan and go how can you not love a team that's able to do this and now how can I not love a division that's no longer just dominated by Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Like the Tom Brady Belichick breakup arguably was the best thing to happen to the NFL. It made the AFC East a whole lot more entertaining to me, made the NFC South take a little different <laughs> level. And the what is the word Schroedenfreud or whatever when you take yeah, close uh, enough. Yeah, when you, I think. you 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 like taking uh, people's misery, you get to see that out of Belichick. I've kind of enjoyed Belichick being miserable a little bit uh this year. Now I mean, this has given me everything I want out of the breakup between these two well it's fascinating how this has all changed so much in the course of just one year but yeah it's and so um the dolphins are great story i guess to sort of like recap it like to put a pin in the dolphins like what a cool story what a great division this all of a sudden has become in the afc east and uh, like the division think about how much by the way think about how close we were to trevor lawrence being injected into this division too correct yeah right like the jets are like one well i guess two unlikely wins away from also having Trevor Lawrence as their quarterback. And if they had mm. lost that game against the Rams, at some point you might have gotten the directive from ownership, like, let's find a way to maybe like just power through two more weeks and not worry about 0-16 and what it means for our resume, et cetera, et cetera. So this AFC East division has become compelling in a hurry, Peter Burns. He is Field Yates. I am Peter Burns. Uh, that was Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise in here for Greeny. And coming up, you know, when talking so much about the Jacksonville Jaguars, the name Urban Meyer keeps getting brought up, right? There was some interest there. I'll tell you what, there is another monster Hall of Fame name that should be attached to that program and franchise. And it's, by the way, it is not Urban Meyer. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's macy's.com slash gift finder. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. This is a crucial game for the Rams. What is the latest on Jared Goff? He does need surgery. The thumb is broken. He will actually be able to return, according to Sean McVay, in time for the playoffs. Yeah, I hit it on the helmet there, popped it back into place, and, and just finished the game. The Rams will face the Cardinals. They also have injury concerns regarding their starting quarterback, Kyler Murray. It could come down to a battle of backup quarterbacks here to see who gets into the playoffs. It's where we're at in 2020. Wouldn't it be so fitting, right, that you could just back up quarterbacks that are trying to determine who's going to be in the NFL playoffs? It kind of just shows you what the year that has been. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, always presented by Progressive Insurance. I am Peter Burns. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter Burns ESPN. The more talented of the duo here today is Mr. Field Yates, and you can follow him on Twitter at Field Yates. By the way, uh, Duke's Mayo Bowl is going on right now. The Demon Deacons up 14-0 on the Badgers their field uh, or even chaos that uh, I think I think Wisconsin was favored by like a touchdown of that game yeah what a weird year for Wisconsin by the way remember obviously yeah. the, the such an impressive opening win Graham Mertz looking like the real deal as a freshman quarterback ready to sort of guide this program to uh, you know I don't know about unparalleled heights but certainly have them in the mix for at least the Big Ten championship they finished three and three here they are down early to Wake Forest in the Duke Mayo Bowl which has got to be one of the better bowls we have in terms of pure brand right I did. I am a uh, Duke's Mayo ambassador, and I, I will always pimp them because they sent me a T-shirt. It's amazing about how like how morals and everything. Huh? But yeah. once you give like you give me a free Chotsky, and I'm all in on it. Right. Right. Like again, yeah. that's that's what we a T-shirt's all it takes, huh? Okay. That's all it takes. I'm right. a cheap date. Peter Burns, Field Yates here on Greeny. Let's uh, go to the Goodyear Hotline, where we are joined by uh, 710 host uh, ESPN LA and Rams pre and post game host Kirk Morrison. Of course, a great career in the NFL. And Kirk, let's start with this. Um, just how we thought 2020 would end, right? A couple of possible backup quarterbacks uh, determining the fate of the Rams and Cardinals in this week 17. <laughs> um, it truly is what we uh, call the, uh, a marathon and not a sprint, right? We all said, okay, in the sprint, uh, you'd be great with uh, Kyler Murray, Jared Goff, but in the <laughs> marathon of an NFL season, it's a war of attrition. And right now, you're going to the end, the wire on the last leg, and now this is where your depth is tested. And it kind of makes for a very intriguing Week 17 because we didn't know how it was going to finish, and now an unlikely finish for both teams. And it actually, to me, I think the, one of the most intriguing weeks of all in the NFL, outside of the whole playoff situation, just the way that it's ending, this mm-hmm. is going to be fun. You know why, fellas? I really believe we'll learn a lot more about Cliff Kingsbury and, and Sean McVay this weekend because now – is it about the quarterback? Is it about the system? We will know on Sunday. Well, Kirk, it's obviously a lot of spare parts going to be needed for the Rams on offense on Sunday, obviously. Uh, yeah. No Daryl Henderson. Cam Akers, their other running back, is iffy after a high ankle sprain a couple of weeks ago. Cooper Cup's been placed on the COVID-19 list. But the straw that stirs the drink this weekend will be how John Wolfer plays. And what is the scouting report? I mean, I'm sitting here watching the Wake Forest Wisconsin bowl game, <laughs> who might be the only fans who actually know what the Rams are getting themselves into. But you, of course, spend uh, so much time around this team. What can we look forward to on yeah. Sunday? 
Yeah, you know, Field is also doing, you know, ESPN College Football. I've had a couple of Wake Forest games and sat down with John Walford. Uh, I'm trying to find a picture where I'm actually slightly taller than John Walford. So I stand about 6'2". <laughs> is so that a Walford good thing or a bad thing? About, yeah, right, Kurt? Well, at, at the time, because I'm like, uh, on the field, he looks, you know, more in the Russell Wilson, you know, Kyler Murray range, uh, Baker Mayfield. But when you stand next to him, the guy's actually pretty tall. He's over six foot, over six one for sure. And so what, I remember when I first watched him in college, I said, man, this kid is pretty darn good. I mean, like, he runs the read option well. He's been very accurate as a passer, a lot of athleticism and things that you wouldn't expect. But, look, he went to Wake Forest. He didn't have the receivers that Clemson had, right, or, you know, throughout the uh, Miami or you're looking at Alabama and those guys, kind of guys. But I said, man, he probably could get a shot in the NFL. And I think it was his game against North Carolina State that I did where – you know, he's outrunning Bradley Chubb and, and Street and that defensive line that North Carolina State had a couple years back. So it'll be interesting to see how his NFL career will go if he even gets an opportunity. Well, he's finally going to get his opportunity, and I think that we'll be pleasantly surprised. I mean, I watched him in the preseason, and we talk about the Rams' defense a lot, fellas. He led a couple of impressive drives and a couple scrimmages. Did not look like it, the, the moment was too big for him, but, hey, it was a scrimmage. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. But at the same time, uh, to me, I saw him operate the offense, did some incredible things with his legs. And so I'm kind of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what this kid has and an opportunity, you know, for his career. How much money would you have had, uh, Kurt, if I would have told you Rams, Cardinals, and the Rams will have the more mobile quarterback in this uh, in this matchup with the playoff on the line? It's crazy. Now, now you did talk about hey w- the wide receivers he didn't have at Wake. What wide receivers are going to be available now with the the Cooper Cup uh, situation with him being on the COVID nineteen list? I mean, it's right. you know rookie Van Jefferson out of Florida, Robert Woods, Josh Reynolds. I mean, what right. do they all know each other? <laughs> Yeah, they all know each other, and that's one of the great things about Sean McVay's offense. Um, Look, two weeks ago I was saying, is it an an indictment that when you think about the Pro Bowl voting and the guys that came out for the Pro Bowl and yet Sean McVay did not have one offensive Pro Bowler? And I'm kind of scratching my head saying, how is that? But at the same time, it's because everybody works in unison. There's interchangeable parts. There is not just one main guy that has to get the ball every single time. They spread the football around from the running backs to the tight ends to the wide receivers. So now when Cooper Cup is out, the next man has to step up. You mentioned the rookie, Van Jefferson. He's going to have to play a role. Look, more will be added onto the plate of Robert Woods. And, look, I, I've seen this throughout the years. Robert Woods can step up to the plate in those uh, situations. Also, Josh Reynolds, another guy who has to step up. You know, it's a big opportunity for him as well. And then don't forget the tight ends, right, Joe Everett, Tyler Higby. And mm-hmm. if you're a quarterback making his first start, we always talk about a dog is a man's best friend. Well, we know in the NFL, a tight end is a quarterback's best friend. So that could be another way that John Walford can get acclimated into this game is getting the tight ends involved. So, Kirk, you mentioned something earlier that I thought was really interesting. You know, you made the comment about how we're going to find out this weekend potentially is it the system or is it the quarterback that kind of makes things yeah. go. And so while the focus right now is not only on Week 17, but also the idea that, like, we're going to be missing Jared Goff, right? Like not playing Correct. with Jared Goff is 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 more difficult than playing with Jared Goff. But prior to his injury, there was already some conversation about Jared's inconsistent play. So I know we're focusing on the playoffs of Week 17, but as we start to think about the offseason ahead as well, 
Is there a conversation to be had about Jared Goff and his future in Los Angeles, or is he tethered to this team for as long as Sean McVay is the head coach? Uh, Field, you hit on the head, man. I mean, that's the conversation that we're all having, I think, here in Los Angeles, is that $65 million is what you owe over the next two seasons, 2021 and 2022, for Jared Goff. And you're saying, okay, is he worth the money? Right? Is this a guy that's going to elevate the roster, okay, or is he just going to be a guy that's just going to go out week in and week out and have everybody else has to play well in order for him to play well, right? So that's the question right now that we're trying to figure out, I think, in Los Angeles because they're tied to Jared Goff at least for the next two seasons just because of the contract. It's the same conversation I think they're having in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. right? But at least they have a Jalen Hurts there saying, okay, you know, we, we've got the guy possibly that can replace him. And, that look, he's a lot cheaper and we can move on from the contract. But I think in Los Angeles is a bit different. There is no true answer right now behind mm-hmm. Jared Goff. And so I'm, I've, I've been one to say, why haven't the Rams drafted a quarterback behind Jared? Not to take his job, but to push him a little bit four times like this, where you can sit him down for a play, a series, even though he's the franchise guy. But just to get him a little, just put a little bit of a fire under him. I say that because Aaron Rodgers is going to win the MVP this year. <laughs> they had Jordan Love, think right? That Jordan, yeah, <laughs> that, that Jordan Love, the, the drafting of him, is the reason why I think Aaron Rodgers the MVP. It lit a fire under him quietly. He won't say it personally. I mean, uh, you know, publicly. But I know it lit a fire under him, and so I think that's where the Rams are is trying to figure out how do they see what they have with Jared Goff because at at worst you still yeah. have two more seasons with Jared. They got to figure it out, and I don't know if they can figure it out right now. But that's what the off season is going to be all about. Kurt, fantastic insight about this Ram Cardinals game, and uh, again uh, the fact that uh, now I know more about Wolford than I ever knew before uh, <laughs> makes me feel a little bit better. I'm not sure that makes Rams fans feel a whole lot better, <laughs> but uh, they'll be ready to go. We appreciate the time, bud. Trust me, watch. John Walford versus Syracuse. He's done a better job than Clemson may have in his college career. So I'm just These are words there, I did not expect to hear on ESPN Radio. <laughs> Go watch Walford against Syracuse, my man, and you will be a believer. That's why Kirk Merson's one of the best. Thanks, Kirk. Hey, Peter, Phil. Appreciate it, fellas. You got it there. Uh, Kurt Morrison joined us uh, on that Goodyear hotline. Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. All right, coming up, I'm not talking about uh, backup quarterbacks and what they did uh, back in college. I'm talking about the Packers and actually who has the best chance of knocking them off. Greeny, the podcast. Brainstorm. What is something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, meeting-free Fridays. What about selling with Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet 
Facebook's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to all other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash greenie, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash greenie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash greenie. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio, but not Greeny. Peter Burns, Field Yates, rolling along with you. The show always presented by Progressive Insurance. We've been talking about Week 17 of the NFL, and uh, we have a score, another score for uh, the Dukes uh, Mayo Bowl that's going on here in Charlotte right now. Wisconsin, the Badges uh, get on the get on the scoreboard here, 14 and soon to be 14-7 right now. Field, uh, more importantly. What are you more interested or more passionate about, Wake Forest, Wisconsin, or the amount of mayo you use and consume <laughs> in the Field Yates household? Yeah, I, uh, I just saw Scott Van Pelt post the tweet about how you feel about mayo, and now my whole Twitter feed is all mayo takes at this point. I was thinking about this, though, because I saw the thing from uh, the poll from SVP as well. I think what it dawned on me, Peter, though, is that more so than any other condiment, mayo is the one where I must be in control of how much is on, whatever it is that I'm eating, Right. There's a very fine line, and I, I'm gonna. For me, like it's much better to have too little mayo than too much mayo. Too much mayo can become pretty disgusting pretty quickly. But I'm not anti mayo, especially the right blend. Like in, it, 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 the right circumstance, it is a necessary component to a good meal of some sort. Uh, and hamburger, obviously, I, I go. I even go European style on it and dip it in the fries. But it has to have ketchup as well too. You get that little mixture just right. Mm, now mm, you're talking. Yeah. Um, all right, a team that's got the mixture just right, and that's an awkward segue into the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> uh, but they they are playing some incredible football right now. We were just we're joined by Kirk Morrison over on the Goodyear Hotline earlier in this segment. He was talking about how maybe the Rams look at developing a quarterback behind. Um, Jared Goff, just to kind of press him, maybe something that the Packers may or may not have done with Jordan Love in, in drafting him, but it's led to an MVP-type season for Aaron Rodgers. And we've talked about if home field advantage truly is something here in 2020 in the NFL field, I'm not sure if anyone would have it more so than Green Bay because of the weather situation. And, 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 and just going forward, what Green Bay can do with this team that's built this way, and is there anybody in the NFC that actually can compete with them? Yeah, I think there are a few teams that compete with them in the NFC. Uh, but you're right. I do believe that Green Bay's home field advantage specifically this year is more unique than any others, right? So you take away the fans, which are great in Green Bay. But 
you know, part of what makes Arrowhead Stadium so unique in Kansas City is the fans. Same thing with Western New York and Buffalo at their stadium would be the fans. Obviously, Seattle's got Seattle. you know, the 12th man. So many fan impacts there. And even New Orleans, right? They play inside the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, but they have great, great fans amongst many, many great fan bases in the NFL. But in Green Bay, as we saw this past Sunday, it's not that the snow changed everything about the game, but it was a huge storyline, right? I mean, like before the game, you're watching the grounds crew have to find ways to keep as much snow off the field as they possibly could. You're seeing it impact the game a little bit. There seems to be something special and different about playing a home playoff game in Lambeau Field in January that doesn't necessarily translate to all other potential home field advantages around the NFL. But I think there are a few teams that can beat them in the NFC. Uh, I do think the Saints um, are just so good defensively that they can hang with the Packers, no doubt about that. Now, New Orleans has traditionally played much better at home than they have on the road, but it's not like the defensive speed is going to be compromised dramatically uh, mm-hmm. for New Orleans. Like They're just a good— And you still buy them, even though with the Breeze injuries that they've had, and then Michael Thomas, of course, being a little bit banked up, you still believe that that's a team that can come back and, 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 and be a player. Right, correct. I, and just like I think it is the defense that's going to carry them. Like It's the defense that is carrying this New Orleans team this year, and maybe Alvin Kamara as well. New Orleans is good enough to beat them, in my opinion. I think Seattle's good enough to beat them, in my opinion. They are not nearly as efficient offensively over the past five or six games as they were during the first half of the season. But defensively, they found a bit of mojo, maybe in part because of who they've played. It has not been a bunch of you know, Patrick Mahomes types. But Seattle has a confidence about them. And you know with Seattle, much of their roster has been there and done that before. And certainly the most important piece is notably... Pete Carroll, their head coach, and his staff, and then Russell Wilson. And they can go there and win as well. Am I saying I would pick those teams to beat the Packers in a one-game scenario? No, I'm just saying that where I think there are like only, I kind of think there's only one AFC team that's got a real chance against Kansas City, that being the Buffalo Bills. There might be two or three that have a chance against the presumptive top seed in the Green Bay Packers. With that being said, so then what's the wild card? No pun intended. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it – I don't feel like it's a Miami team even because of the situations that they have that they, they – you don't even know who your quarterback is and, and Brian Flores is you know going to start two of this week and, of course, Fitzpatrick has come in, but he's had signs in and out. Uh, do you leave the Ravens for dead over the AFC? I mean, yeah, sitting here at the sixth seed right now, I mean, they're starting to play a little bit better ball since that mid, mid-season kind of crisis they had. They, they certainly are playing really, really well offensively. Again, the competition hasn't been amazing, but they, they did have that big win over the Browns, one of the games of the year. I will just say this, Peter, is that the Ravens are going to have to show me it once or twice in the postseason with Lamar Jackson as their quarterback, specifically potentially having to come from behind. Before I can buy into them being ready to dethrone the Kansas City Chiefs or go point for point with the Buffalo Bills, because I think the Bills' offense is good enough to go point for point with any team in the NFL and give any defense some fits. And they might be in a perfect spot sitting at the sixth seed currently right now going against Pittsburgh. It'll be the three seed. And, of course, Roethlisberger and those guys are struggling a little bit. We'll talk more NFL MVP and more NFL Week 17 where we return Greeny, Peter Burns, Field Yates on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.